Hey, everybody. Uh, this week's episode is a little bit more personal than uh, most of our other Bearded Fruit episodes. So uh, if you're um, not quite ready to learn a lot of really personal stuff about us, you might want to skip this one. Uh, but otherwise, go ahead and dive in. This week's episode is all about asexuality, and uh, if you're looking for additional resources or information about asexual identity, I wanted to direct you to the Asexual Visibility and Education Network, AVEN. They're at www.asexuality.org, and uh, you can find out more about uh, the identity and the experience of other asexual people, and also find ways to connect to other asexuals if you feel like you are asexual as well. Well, on with the episode. Hi, this is Cody Dagalorians. This is Neil Dagalorians. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit. Yay. Oh, hey. It was very Barry White of you. Why's it got to be white? Um, because he, well, he's not. Barry White was um, not white. That was a joke. Okay. That that was clearly a joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was I was trying to... Um, Do you know, though? I, no. Okay. I guess not. Okay. So so this week on the podcast uh, is a, a little different than some of our other episodes. Um, it's kind of more personal, I guess. The personal is political, say. Carol Hainish. Yeah, um, and uh, because it's sort of been alluded to on the last two episodes, uh, sort of like... Uh, we think we've even said in the episodes that's for a future episode. Well, this is that future episode. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's about something that has kind of happened to me... In the, it, it happened to you. It, <laughs> well, the the experience has you happened. You were visited to me. by a fairy, um, and maybe not like a maybe more of like a nymph, a, uh, an, uh, an anti nymph maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, this happened during the time that we we weren't really sort of doing the podcast. But um, we don't talk about that, right? Um, so. <coughs> Today's episode is kind of about something that's been happening in my life, and I wanted to take this opportunity to sort of talk about it because it is something that we have not talked about a lot on the podcast otherwise, and it's something that doesn't get spoken about a lot in um, kind of mainstream uh, media. And we haven't talked about it a lot to, to each and other. And we haven't talked about it a lot to each other, and like this, I think it's uh, it's something that my therapist has suggested that we do. We're airing out our dirty laundry. Yeah. Uh, what's not dirty laundry? I don't think it's dirty. No, laundry. we we sprayed it with Febreze first. Um, so in the last like I would say probably six or so months, I have come out again uh, as gray ace, uh, which is gray asexual. So it's an identity on the asexual spectrum, and it uh, basically is um, identifying sort of somewhere between being like a like a fully sexual person and completely asexual. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Thank you for asking. No, so what does that mean? I think it means a lot of things for different people, but uh, what it means to me is uh, that I have, in the last like six months, have sort of realized that um, I rarely experience like real sexual attraction mm -hmm. to people. I rarely experience like real a real desire to have sex with other people. Go on. Uh, there's a when I do have sex with somebody, there's a kind of limited range of things 
that I am comfortable or interested in doing, which you can attest to. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And when I do have sex with people, I don't often feel the same way about the experience as other people do. How do you feel about it? I mostly don't feel about it. Um, mostly it's, I guess that's one way to answer that question. <laughs> I kind of, no, like for me, um, uh, it has been not, it's not very often that like I sort of experience sex with another person as like a real, like super awesome feeling thing. It's a thing that I, I, I do and is like fun sometimes. And I like, I like when the person I'm having sex with is having a fun time. But like from like my in my experience, a lot of times that whenever pretty much as soon as as it's over, I'm kind of totally fine to go kind of go back to my life and do the things I was doing before. A lot of times, my experience of sex is that my mind goes someplace else mm-hmm. for a part of it, and I it I have to like remind myself to kind of hey get back into the game here, kind of come back to this thing that you're doing. You're like laying there, and then suddenly you're like <sighs> Epcot. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe not Epcot, um, the beer garden, um, maybe not Epcot, but I have, I've, I've kind of always experienced this. This has always been my relationship to, to sex ever since I came out, uh, which was a very long time ago. That was many moons ago. I've always kind of felt that way about it. And, um, what I have always thought for my entire adult life is that, um, I'm just broken when it comes to sex with other people that I was just somehow like faulty and that I just somehow was bad at it and I just didn't get it. And, um, that, that was just a problem with me that I was somehow lesser or broken because, um, I just didn't, I didn't get what the big ruckus was about. The big ruckus. I didn't didn't get what the big, what you call your dick. You just didn't get what that was all about, the big um, ruckus. <laughs> uh, I I don't think I've ever referred to my dick as the big ruckus, but um, you will from now on. <laughs> I think from now from now on, I just oh, might. people we know listen to this. Um, I know, gonna, I know. Oh. Sorry, guys. Sorry, friends. But um, hey, Cody, how's the big ruckus going? <laughs> it's going great. Um, Thanks. But um. But so, in I guess, I, and I want to say, Neil is sort of part of the reason why uh, I even got to where I am right now because uh, because Neil is the person who kind of introduced me to Tumblr, and <laughs> and <laughs> and Tumblr is the thing that introduced me to uh, to the language, the, honestly, the language of asexuality in the spectrum. I'm so happy that I um, um, ruined you. you know, so like. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was really a helpful thing. Don't thank me. Thank Yahoo because um, they're the ones who own Tumblr. Yeah, and so so in the last the last several months, I've been seeing a therapist, particularly about this, and kind of like working on um, understanding this as as like me and not as some broken me. Yeah, luckily you're broken in different ways. I'm broken. Yes, I have found that out too. I have my therapist has been like, no, 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 this part's cool. But let's talk about some of these other things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, that's not an issue. Um, but what about this? Yeah, no, that has that has very legitimately been um, been uh, been part of that experience. And I recently, I recently started just sort of coming out to people in a more public way because I think it's important. Um, I think it's I think coming out is a very important thing. 
coming out allows other people who may feel the same way that you do to to connect and identify themselves in in the world and that is important because honestly like look I went through what 20 something years of my my adult life not understanding that this was even a thing because I never saw it anywhere and I was never I never had access to this this idea that I could I could understand as myself um couple things number one gray ace is a great like superhero name yeah right the gray ace especially because i'm i'm also silver haired well yeah but like the gray ace and then it's like oh gray ace thank you so much for saving me can i do anything to 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 repay you and you're like give me a pizza (laughs) a handshake sir (laughs) a Um, dry handshake um and then secondly i was just thinking about how your lady gray character <laughs> that's into all of this right no yeah so I, like sidebar i have like this this dream of having a drag character named lady gray who is like this silver-haired um cabaret vixen in her a lady of a certain age and uh she yes i believe that she old. is old she's old yeah but i feel like she's kind of a hoe though i don't know i mm-hmm. mm, I don't think she's on the spectrum. I think she's, I think, I feel like she's, she's on a different spectrum. Yeah. She's very much in control of her, of her desires. Um, Must be nice. That lady gray. So that, so that is all the preface to, to a thing that my therapist has sort of suggested. Um, I, I do. And I asked Neil if it would be okay if we could do it on the podcast, which um, he said, okay to, it would be, it, it's something I've wanted to do for a little bit. And uh, I'm glad you're going to be a good sport about this it's the only sport i'm good at so what my therapist now now that i've kind of gotten to this place where i am very comfortable with that identity in myself and uh and i i i'm comfortable identifying as that and i'm comfortable being that and i'm comfortable up for that for other people to know that about me and um i expressed to my therapist that one of the the things that um that still sort of like nags at me is that i i feel like I'm now sort of asking you to, to be in a marriage with a different person than the one you signed up for. Uh-huh. And be, because we because I I was not captain no not probably I was not captain probably not at the beginning. You were captain maybe. I was <laughs> I was not captain probably not at the beginning of our relationship. And I feel like we've been together now for 5 years, almost mm-hmm. 5 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like there's this new person that you're now in uh, a marriage with. New sexual identity. Who dis? Yeah, I expressed that that to him. That sometimes, um, sometimes I'm afraid that you think I'm lying about it. That sometimes you don't believe me. Well, let me reassure you that yes, I do think those things. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Became like the least supportive episode. Ever. <laughs> well, he's right. <laughs> I don't think those things. <laughs> um, and so my therapist suggested that we have a conversation about the person who we th- who we thought I was mm-hmm. and what that means to us. Mm-hmm. Because I recognize that something you have been incredibly supportive in this. Like a training bra. Yeah. Like you've been like really supportive and I've really appreciated that. It's given me the space to to figure this out. But I know that you've never been able to sort of express what you feel you've lost. And I would really, uh, it would be very helpful for us to do that. In front of hundreds of people. Yeah. Hello world. 
Well, because, and this is why, this is why I want to do this in this way. I think a lot of times we talk about our identities as pretty much the two ways. We talk about our identities in, in the way that they express who we are individually as a person. And we, ex- we talk about our identities in the way that they connect to a larger community of people way beyond us. But our identities work out in our personal relationships and they're, they don't always create, um, it isn't always like an easy thing to navigate those shifts in, in identity and in in, when you're in a relationship with someone. And I think for people who may be, who may be asexual or on the asexual spectrum and who are in relationships, it's probably really difficult and you don't really see anybody talk about what it's like to be in a relationship with someone being an ace person and having the other person talk about what that is like too. And I think that is a valid thing to put out in the world and to articulate because I don't ever hear it. I think it's, it's, I feel like our relationship is successful and I think it would be good to demonstrate that you can navigate these kinds of things in a way that is positive and you can maintain a a happy home. Do you want me to go first about what I feel like I've lost? Sure. Is that easier for you? I guess. I think the really hard thing for me is that I spent a lot of my adult time, my, a lot of my like adult life pretending to be somebody that I wasn't in the attempts of fitting in and connecting and having people connect with me and want me. Mm -hmm. I spent, I would, you know, I, I, I like did all the, I, well, honestly in my twenties, I did all the people possible. I, all of them. Sorry, Southern Louisiana, (sighs) all of them. And, and even, even like later in life, I would, engage with other people through sex as the first thing because that is just what I sort of felt like is that that's the way that we have to do it as queer guys and it's the way that people wanted me mm-hmm. you know so I felt like I had to do it that way and I know that in my relationships all of my relationships and you can um you can concur um, all of my relationships started out where sex was a, th- a regular thing and then slowly tapered off until I wasn't really having sex with my person and I was in a relationship with anymore. You know, at the beginning, like I wanted to make sure that you stuck around. I wanted to make sure that I was the person that kept you around. I didn't want you to go away. And I felt like just me as a person, just who I was would not be enough to do that. And that I had to be this other person. I had to be this like, like, uh, this like daddy guy, you know, this like dirty minded dick always out kind of guy. And that's how you got arrested. (laughs) I had to be that person in order to keep you and to make sure that you didn't find somebody better. Well, We've both established that the only person better than you is Chris Hemsworth, and he is unavailable. So, um, I mean, I guess the my my problem was that I didn't ask you to do that. So then it set up like my own expectation, where it's just like, oh, this is just who he is, and it was less. I didn't really have an opportunity to think, is this performing for me, or is this who he is? I didn't have a chance to really critically think about that because it's just who you were. And so, like, 
yeah, it just wasn't um, a thing that I thought about. I mean, I don't know. I've also been dealing with my own journey with my body at the moment in terms of how my antidepressants have affected my own sense of my body. I mean, it was definitely, I don't want to say shocking because it wasn't shocking. It wasn't that dramatic, but it was definitely, it felt like there was one thing on paper, but then reality was a different thing, which was just confusing more than anything. And there are certain aspects about your sexuality that confuse me to this day, like how you are a dick-sucking savant, and yet you hate it. It's not that I hate it. You hate it. I don't hate it. You, I just you told don't... me you hate it. Okay, maybe I said that like in a, and I was being... But it's not like, a, not like I hate it. I just don't particularly enjoy doing it. So you hate it. <laughs> that's not the same thing. No, that's not the same thing. Pretty close. I just don't... It's a thing that I just don't enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But you're really good at it. But I don't get any, I don't get any pleasure from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't feel anything when well, I'm and, doing it. And the thing that, I mean, again, the thing, the thing that also confuses me is that my sense of pleasure isn't like this is an activity I enjoy doing. It's it's more so I am pleasing you, and that is what gives me pleasure. Um, so that itself was hard for me to understand because that's how I experience um, these kinds of things. Inherently, it didn't make sense to how I understand pleasure. Like it didn't, it didn't make sense to how I understand sexuality because I was like, "So you you get no pleasure out of making me happy? Is that what you're saying? Because that's how I engage in these things." So that too was confusing for me because I just didn't know what to do with that information. Yeah. So I think like on that, I don't, I do get pleasure out of making you happy. I just feel like I feel like they're very I have always felt like there are these kind of expectations about the way someone is supposed to enjoy having sex with another person that there is like this feeling attached to it there's like this physical enjoyment attached to making someone else happy and um, I don't experience that necessarily you know well I'm I don't either I mean my point is like when I go down on you or whatever like I'm more interested in making like I get off on the idea that I'm pleasing you rather than, Oh, here I am doing this thing and it feels good that I'm doing it. Like it's more about the connection that I have with you than anything. I'm not about to go out there and find somebody just to suck off. Just, just, and just do that. Like, that's not my game. I'm not like that. And there are plenty of guys who like that. I, I don't like that. But at the same time, like, for the right person like you, that's okay because there's that connection there. I don't know. Okay. So like, let's go, let's go back to me being a dick sucking savant, which I think is, it makes me laugh every time. So like, cause you sort of have heard me, you, what you've heard from the way that I've talked about it, which I may have actually said I hated it, but I don't really like hate it. Um, it, it, you sort of think that I don't want to do it at all. So the way that I feel about sex is that I'm sometimes I'm like, I don't want, sometimes it's like, no, I just don't want to do this at all. I don't want to do it. But most of the time I feel kind of like shrug emoji about it. Like, "Mm, okay. I mean, it's a thing I guess that can happen and that would be fine and all. And, um, you know, we could like, if we can take, just happen for like a little bit, that's fine too. If I don't want it to be like some long drawn out affair, that's going to take up a bunch of time. Cause I'm just kind of shrug emoji about it all. You know, God, I can't believe people are going to listen to this. In the times that I have gone down on you and other guys too, there's like, it's, it's fine at first. And I'm like, okay, this is okay. This is fine. This is, this is good. No, no, no. This is cool. 
And then there's a moment that I'm like, and I'm done and I'm out. And I always feel like because that moment of and I'm out is not um, Epcot. Right, right. It's like and I'm out. I feel like that is not fair of me to that's not fair and that it's it's not um, hot. And um, I mean, a you're making a decision on behalf of me. Like first and foremost, you're deciding this isn't fair and without so so rather than do the thing and then have a con- like rather than that you just decide well let's just not do the thing at all yeah well because i have a lot of shame attached mm-hmm. to the way no that i understand I i'm just saying like yeah. that's that's illogical and shame is illogical we've been over that but then there are other acts that you are way more enthusiastic about like in general um specifically like going down on a trans man you are way more enthusiastic about that yeah shrug emoji i don't know <laughs> i don't know like that's that is an act that you're just like like it, it it's whenever you whenever that opportunity arises <laughs> you're just like hello yes sit on my face i mean uh you know like yeah okay yeah that's fair enough um but i don't know why i don't know why I don't know why I feel that way, but I'll tell you this at the same, but I have the same experience, the experience at some point it's Epcot. Mm-hmm. There's this moment that I'm like, you better hurry up, sir, because I am. I really enjoy that. We came up with a euphemism for you wanting to back out. Yeah. So now like that's our safe word. <laughs> no, like that's it. Like there's always a, with everyone. There's always this moment that I, I am. I check out. And I go someplace else. Honestly, it is why I am, why I sometimes encourage the notion of us having a threesome because I know in a threesome, then there's a person who's not going to check out. Mm. So that if I check out, I know that you two can still like, y'all can stay at Disney World for the, for the duration of the time. Magic Kingdom. The ma- <laughs> because While Epcot, I'm over at Epcot. Epcot's the most boring of the parks. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And so, like, you know, whenever we have had the opportunity to have a, a, a fellow join us, I'm, I'm, I'm more into that idea because then I can check out safely. I can check out without letting anybody down. I actually don't like that. I don't like – my thing is, is that I don't want – I worry that if I do a thing with a guy while you're in the room – it may cause you shame that you're not doing the thing. You know, like like if I'm doing a thing and you're in Epcot, that that will cause you shame that you are not there with us. I don't know, because you've expressed worrying me leaving you for somebody who can take me to the Magic Kingdom every night. And, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes I do want to go to Epcot. <laughs> Epcot's lovely. They have, they have this amazing Japanese restaurant there that... <laughs> My family goes to every time. It's like the thing we do. We're like, oh, we're going to Disney. Better go to Epcot because we're going to go to that thing. And that's the only thing at Epcot we're going to do. I think some of that worry and fear is shifting because I am understanding myself better. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of that fear and anxiety came from feeling like I was broken. And, you know, like, why would you want to be in a relationship with a broken person? Why would you stay with somebody who was broken and when you could find somebody who was not broken? I don't see myself that way anymore. You know, like one of the most like the the thing that kind of cracked my brain open in therapy was therapy. Mike actually saying to me, you realize that you're 
your sexuality is a valid thing. It's not some messed up version of another sexuality. What you, who you are is a valid thing. And that like, I was a mess after that therapy session all the way to Westport. Cause I go like early in the morning and then I have 90 minutes in the car after deconstructing my life uh, to think about what has happened. That's safe. But I was like a super mess that day because it was the first time I'd ever, I'd ever heard anyone say that to me. And now you have to say it to yourself. And now I say it to myself and, and I don't, you know, the, the worry about you finding someone else was mostly just due to the fact that I thought I was inadequate, that I felt like an inadequate person Mm. because I couldn't, be the per I couldn't be who you wanted me to be or who I felt you wanted me to be. And that I, because I just didn't, because I didn't have the, the capacity or I didn't have the skills or I didn't have the, the, um, I just, I was, I was ill made to, to provide you with what you wanted. And I don't feel that way anymore. Like, I feel like a whole person. You're a whole Epcot ball. You know, that's a, that's a, mm, makes me cry. But like, I feel, I don't feel like you, I don't feel like if you're, if you're like having sex with some, because in case you don't know, we're. <laughs> and by you, you mean like not the general you, but you mean. Phys- like yeah, I mean me. like actually you. So in case you are, are new to the podcast, Neil and I are, uh, we practice polyamory and are open. We practice uh, it. We're not, we're not quite we're there not, to playing <laughs> it. We're not professional yet. No, um, we are amateur. We're, <laughs> we're just, it's, it's, it's play practice. Um, Once a week for two hours on Sunday. No, but um, we. <laughs> I wish we could schedule it that way. Because that's how you practice um, religion. That's yeah. A joke. Um, and uh, no, so so you know, like I I feel I'm feeling less um, um, dramatically about you having uh, sex with other people because I don't I don't feel like I'm broken and competing with with a person who is more than me. I just feel like they're different from me. Mm. And that's a big shift. I haven't really experienced it that way from you. Mm. Where, like, you have been more chill, but there will still be moments where that side of you will come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still happens, like, not often, but enough where it's just like, okay. So it's hard for me to ask um, sometimes because I don't know which Cody I'm going to get. I don't know if I'm going to get chill Cody or if I'm going to get Cody who's not chill but is pretending to be chill because he wants to make me happy. But in reality, he's not chill and then he's going to be quiet with me for the rest of the day. I don't know which Cody I'll get. So, You know, that's that's interesting because I don't always know what Cody I'm going to get either. I'm You're still, a magic eight ball. I'm still like early in this, in this process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some habits are hard to break this was something that i learned in therapy which was has been very i've been a lot kinder to myself about these things but um you know what therapy mike said to me which i thought was really great was um when when we're when we're stressed out or when when like things are difficult we will create the situation we create the feelings that we're most used to 
we'll go back into habits and things that create the, the environment and feeling that we are most used to being in because that's like our comfort zone. And he sort of clocked me hard and was like, insecurity. <laughs> yeah, he was like, insecurity and shame is clearly your comfort zone. So you're going to create the situations to get to the feeling you're most comfortable with. You are not comfortable feeling confident. And I was like, clocked. <laughs> Motherfucker clocked me you hard. Took, you, you took off your wig right then and there. I, I feel like handed it to him. wigs across West Hartford were snatched by the by the clockedness of that moment. <laughs> poor, poor Karens and poor Barbara's. <laughs> I just know. Like suddenly we're bald and you're like, ah, how did that happen? But yeah, but I'm working on it. I mean, I think I'm better. I feel better. Yeah, no, I, think I, I'm getting I acknowledge better. that. I guess the kind of the wrap up idea just for sake of concluding it pun intended because you're wrapping it up oh maybe um (laughs) (laughs) condom it's a condom joke yeah i got it (laughs) he asked me if i mourn the person i was before or the person i pretended to be or the person i thought i was and he wanted me to ask you if you do so that's my question do you miss that guy as always thank you for listening (laughs) um it's hard to miss somebody who never existed in the first place i do miss the physical intimacy i really miss you engaging or being the one because that would be a thing you would do you would actually ask for sex and i do miss that that's not a thing that happens anymore. But like, if the question is, do I miss a person? Like, that wasn't a different person. That was just a different language in which you use to describe yourself. So like, there's no reason to miss you because you're still here. There's just different languages now. There's different relationships. There's different ways in which we speak about these things in which we interact. And it's different, but by no means do I like miss if that makes sense. The only thing that I miss is um, the, the, hmm. the thing that I miss is feeling like everybody else. Um, it always felt really unfair to me that I would have to be both queer and bad at sex. Like, life was hard enough just being one of those things and I always felt really resentful of the fact that I couldn't like you know like great okay I'm I'm queer that's fine that's all well and good why why then do I also have to be like the odd man out when it came to sex too why did I have why did I have to be the other in both of those situations marginalized within a marginalized population and so the hardest thing about about the last chunk of time and the hardest thing for me about like interacting with you is no no longer feeling like we're like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a weird thing to, to to miss and want, but I do I guess the problem with that miss it. That line of thought though is that like we weren't really like everybody else to begin with. I know. 
but I kind of like I kind of miss that mm. feeling like uh, I'd found this person who I love more than anything, and I he was I was lucky enough for that person to love me back, and I really wanted. I really like hoped that you were going to be very different from all my other relationships because they all failed. And like, you know, I literally had a person, I literally had a person like constantly make me feel terrible for being a lousy top. And, and like I did, I spent, I spent three years feeling completely ashamed of myself and I, I found you and I loved you and we were great. And I thought, okay, I just had to find the right person. And now everything that's been broken is going to get fixed. And when it, when it didn't happen, I was really panicky and I was like, okay, no, we're going to get this together. We're going to get this shit together and we are going, I'm going to be who I want to be. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be what I want to be because I have to, I have to for him and for us. And, um, you know, clearly I didn't succeed in that entirely, Mm. but I do miss feeling those moments when I did, there were these, there were these times when I did feel like that. And I did feel like we were just like every other, like hot, open bear couple, blah, blah. Like I we we (laughs) felt that way. And I will never feel that again. And I, so I kind of missed that a little bit. But um, I hope, um, I'm very hopeful that this new person who I feel like now uh, is still really awesome in a lot of ways. And we'll figure out how to be more of what you need. You get an A for effort and an A for asexual. <laughs> Thank you. I always like to get good grades. I know that that's a problem. <laughs> we need to also talk about that. <laughs> we do we do talk about that. <laughs> that is one of the other things when he's like, "Oh yeah." Well, thank thank you for talking about this with me in front of the world. We got receipts now. No, you know, it's, it it was important to me. It's important to me because I think if there is a person, one person who listens to us and it helps them understand themselves or it helps them understand their relationship or it helps them have a conversation with someone or it helps them understand somebody that they care about or love, then that's the point you know like that's the point it um it matters that that's why i wanted to do it mm-hmm. and i appreciate you doing this you're Thank welcome you. Hope. i love you very much and um thanks you're all right too <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love you too yeah, yeah i appreciate you doing this it's, it was very nice of you to do it was wasn't it <laughs> it was <laughs> it really was um, yes, and as always, we really appreciate you listening to us. Um, we're, you know, we'll see you when we see you because 
you know, who knows what life will be like, but hopefully you'll see us soon. Plot twist Wednesday. (laughs) I I don't know. That's a joke. Um, Thank you again for listening. Uh, You know, share the podcast with people and, um, you know, or find us on Twitter and let us know that you, um, you're, you're digging what we're doing. We would really appreciate hearing from you. I think dogs should be able to vote. Bye. Bye.